Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 115. It's like coming in at the end of a joke, but more fun. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. Sorry, no mister. That's I right. I don't know where it went. That's right. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a great, great time for television, I think. Mm. Great time this summer. You can in, switch on in, the in. box and never know what you're going to see. It doesn't it's, matter what it says in the program, guys. It doesn't Journey matter. Journey Man tonight? Nah. Why, why Journey Man? Pish! We've, we've got a couple of new channels, so that's pretty exciting. We do, which uh, which I'm loving. They uh, they mm. might end up being the, uh, the the graveyard of the the shows that aren't <laughs> all that successful. But I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot more later on in the show. We're also going to talk about the uh, nominations for the thousand different awards that have been announced in the last week. Mm. Uh, I think Writers Guild, at least, at least two of them. Writers Guild of America have been released. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, they were going to be released, but they're all on strike. They're all on strike, mm. and the uh, and Golden Globes. Yeah, they're giving uh, away new awards like Best Sign on the picket line. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've got a review of East West at One Hundred and One. Yes, which we should have talked about earlier. We should have. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's anyone's loss that we haven't. Uh, mm. But more on that later. Oh, I think you've given away. You've given away the review. Shit. Strike that segment. Start the show again. <laughs> uh, Ross, you're going to talk about five days? Yes. And uh, finish it off with pork. Also, an uh, announcement of last week's quiz winner. Mm-hmm. All of that. And more quizage. All of that and more coming up on Box Cutters. But as always, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters news. In an update to the latest uh, Knight Rider news, a voice for Kit has been chosen. Yes, Will Arnett, who uh, people will probably know better as Job from Arrested Development, <sighs> is uh, is set to voice the uh, car superstar. This uh, this is an interesting choice, I think. It, it certainly indicates a possible direction that they're looking at going well, with it this show. It means that there might be a fair bit of humour. Yeah, it doesn't... And anyone who remembers Will Arnett's uh, role in Blades of Glory from earlier this year will know that he is a great comic. I mean, it's not just the stuff he did in Arrested Development. He can do other things. Plus, he's done quite a lot of voiceover work. He was uh, he was one of the cast of Ratatouille and uh, also more okay. recently Hot and He's a Who. Well, he's mm. actually got a really good, deep, resonant voice, so it may purely be for that. Although Kit in the, the original TV series was pretty kind of tinny. Poncy. Mm. I, I found Kit Ponzi. Uh-huh. I want to but, slap him, challenge like him even, to a duel. Even beyond the content, there was like the kind of the, the lower end of the equalisation had been cut out. Mm. Well, that's that's because like the AM radio was talking to Michael. That's because that model of Trans Am uh, was known for having a terrible, terrible radio. It's just crap sound system. But you'd think they would, you know, retro retrofit that. Oh, now, Speaking of Trans Ams, too, the, the Trans Am is out. It's gone. It's a Ford. It's a Ford Mustang, but not just that. A as we uh, as we foreshadowed a few weeks ago, a shape shifting Ford Trans uh, Ford Mustang Transformer. Basically, I, uh, I, I just don't know why. I mean, no, why just, bother? The car is the car. Yep. Leave it as the car. The, yep. This this comes back to an interesting thing about Team Knight Rider, 
mm-hmm. where Ford... There was, was an interesting thing about Team Knight Rider. <laughs> there were many interesting things about Team Knight Rider. Don't discount it. It was genius. Uh Team Knight Rider, all the good guys, so all of the Knight Industries cars, mm-hmm. were Fords. All the bad guys' cars, other brands. Uh, so, the good mm. guys all had a Ford. Bad guys, other brands. Evil. Mm. Which kind of follows on from our uh, discussion last week on product placement. Do you think there's been any uh, cash for that? Oh, there has, for placement. sure. They've done yep. a deal with Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, NBC, I think it's... Uh, going on NBC, yeah, NBC. Uh, have done a deal with Ford to to make it a uh, to to make it a Ford. Uh, oh, that that but, really that. So there's no altruism in it at all. No, no. They, oh. <laughs> Ford wasn't the Ford Mustang wasn't the best type of car. They didn't try a whole lot of cars and match Will Arnett's voice to a whole lot of cars to see which fitted best. Uh, also, that that's going to be a two hour telly movie, uh, which is going to screen in the US on February seventeen. And uh, if all goes well, it will be turned into a series. And the guy who's playing Michael Knight is uh, an ex-model. Who? No, no, sorry, no, no, not no, Michael no. Knight. Michael, uh, Knight's, Michael Knight's son, David Hasselhoff, is going to have a cameo in it. Yes. I, I don't think he's his. He's, it's, I think it's his son. Or his, oh, really? Like, the, or the, there's, the, there's the, maybe some hint that it might yeah, be his son. Yeah, they're or, a bit cagey. They're a bit cagey about it. Looks NBC. exactly like him. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. but he's a disenfranchised. Uh, veteran soldier or something who yeah, he's, uh, who's been taken under the, the wing of, of mm, Night Industries and mm, uh, and given a new life. Takes a lot of drugs and says, "Man, the car's talking to me." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I hope it's at least as good as Night Rider Two Thousand was. Mm. That's that's all I'm hoping for. Hey, big changes afoot at uh, Channel Ten. Their uh, Brisbane news director is moving to Sydney mm-hmm. to be head of news in Sydney. Uh, they're uh, they're starting a climate report. They're going to have a climate reporter coming out of the uh, uh, Adelaide Advertiser. Is a journalist named Emily Rice, and she's going to be the ten climate reporter. They're going to this start is clearly, treating clearly on the back of their climate change special a few months ago, which uh, which rated through the floor. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it really did. And so that's that makes them think, wow, it's really important. We need to get the word out there. But surely Channel- now that we've signed Kyoto, Kyoto and, and, you know, leading the world at, at the UN level uh, for uh, cutting carbon emissions and what, stuff. What do you mean by uh, lead, lead, leading, the, leading the world? I think when you've got an hour of news to fill yeah. every night, you'll, well, you'll take as much content as well, you they can say, get. Well, they say the climate is as important as politics or sport. Right. And I say they're half right. <laughs> Uh, also, the uh, the their head so of it's marketing be news, climate change, sport, and weather. Yes. Oh. Uh, also, their head of marketing has uh, has left the network. Okay. I uh, I didn't print out that item because it was really just head of marketing leaves network. Mm. Talking of new appointments, the ABC has made an appointment of the executive producer for <coughs> Media Watch, <clears throat> and it's kind of a two for one deal. Uh, the uh, EP will be Joe Pacini, who will be commencing in April after concluding maternity leave. Strangely, a network that uh, <laughs> will reappoint people who've been on maternity leave. Uh, Lateline producer Brett Evans is filling in up until then. Uh, Pacini worked as a researcher uh, back in 2000 on Media Watch, moved to Four Corners, won a Walkley over there. She's also worked as a supervising producer and story editor on the uh, 15 Minutes. Why is it a two-for-one deal? They're getting the baby as well. 
No, no, because because they've got uh, the late line producer coming in first. Filling in. Yep. So it's really it's really a one at a time deal, sure. rather than a, rather yeah. than a two for one deal. Pacini with a name like that, shouldn't she try to get a job at SBS? <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> and while we're on that topic, uh, John Westacott uh, is uh, facing uh, uh, is is ah oh, stop it! You're always going on about Channel Nine. Stop it! Stop going on. Sorry, I think I'm uh, channeling Terry from. The amazing race Asia. <laughs> what did I just do? I don't know. I just did. Uh, yes, John, John Westacott is going to be uh, is going to be facing discrimination charges. Uh, the uh, Equal Rights and Human Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission. Uh, I don't really know. What, I mean, the, the thing is, we've talked about this before. Talked about it on the blog. He was reported as having said certain things. Uh, and sure, if people think that they've been unfairly dismissed, then maybe there's a, a case to answer. But at the same time, the man's got a job to do. Yes, but he can do his job without uh, telling female staff that they'd only succeed in television if they had language warning fuckability um, or or telling a specific reporter, and, and these have been reported uh, from sources at the network, uh, telling another reporter that to work on 60 Minutes as a woman that she needed bigger tits. Really? I've told you that, uh, really, I don't think you could be on this show anymore if you keep up with that weird beatnik beard. <laughs> Is that different? But you haven't. For the sake of the show, just <laughs> go along with the story. So, Is that different? Is that different? Is that um, different? If I say, yes, if I say, you need to I, shave I can, your beatnik beard. Having a beatnik beard, right? But but what you're saying is you can I, help having a beatnik beard, but women can't help being ugly. That's what you're saying, Brett. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. That's what I heard, Ross. What did you hear? I, I, I don't think you should be saying anything negative about Brett's facial hair. <laughs> 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 you, you you look very dapper. Anyway, so so I mean, the, obviously the knives the knives are out against John Westacott. It's the new millennium. Managers can't go around telling women that sort of crap. Well, yeah, and and, and, and they, they whether or not learn. he has will be will be debated in the court and and will be proved or not proved. And I mean, it's it's something that's uh, but that's this is always from a lot of sources, and it's always been it's always been a oh, well, as recently especially, it's been a huge criticism of Channel Nine that it has just been a boys' club. And that they think they can run it like a football club, and uh, that was a big, a big uh, some of this criticism of, of Eddie Maguire's reverse publicity, though. Like they've been getting lots and lots of positive publicity with uh, uh, Ginchel coming in. I think I think this is some of the, some of the blowback, some probably coming from rival networks. But I think you know, I think it's just balancing things out a little as well. See, and I I also don't think that uh, anyone in the general public actually gives a shit. I mean, we do, obviously, and our listeners might, uh, but regular people, do they even care? I mean, is that what they want to read about in Confidential? I, I think that it would colour one's view of uh, the network and, and possibly influence uh, where their channel choice lies. But if yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of talk that the... Uh, Channel Ten, uh, sorry, Channel Seven, going with the story on the footballers' confidential records when they probably shouldn't have uh, led to a large shift in viewers to Channel Nine. Right. Uh, if which, which I mean, in the same sort of situation, I would have thought 
nobody would have cared. East Channel 9 now goes the other way mm-hmm. and starts promoting women left, right and centre to try to, try to counter this negative criticism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we see women presenters of, of the news and we see uh, a lot more women journos and we see 60 Minutes Women's Edition and, and all of these things. Is that going to work in Channel 9's favour? Or is that going to be going to happen. Again, Brett, I'll explain the, the concept of hypotheticals to you. If that happens, if they go down that path, would that, how would that be seen? I'm not sure they would because that's, that's <laughs> not their demographic. And it's, you you so fail the, the basic no, no, concept I, of hypotheticals. I don't, I don't see a point of getting all tied up in that hypothetical. Uh, fine. You know what? I don't see a point in doing this show. <laughs> Speaking of uh, deals... Uh, <laughs> Channel Seven and NBC Universal have uh, have struck a new deal, which is bad news for Channel Ten. Previously, the uh, the deal was that uh, content from NBC Universal was going to both Seven and Ten. Uh, Ten benefits from it with shows like House and Law and Order. Uh, now those shows are staying with Ten. But uh, any new shows Seven will get and uh, any movies, including, uh, for example, the Bourne series. Uh, so that's uh So this, that's this, good is, news similar, for... this is similar to the uh, CBS deal we saw 10 and Foxtel sign mm. a couple of years back. Uh, no, sorry. Last year, maybe? Last year. Mm. So, uh, so that's uh, good news for Channel 7. I, yeah. I, it was apparently one of the most expensive deals ever done out of Australia for this kind of for this kind of product content and stuff. We'll wait and see whether they've got value for money from it. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to wait and see if they actually get some content, given that the writer strikes all happening and we mm. don't know when they're going to be back. But, but I think it, it's safe to assume that at some stage there will be new TV. I think the, I think it's going to be the strike won't go on forever. <laughs> I think it's going to be worth their while uh, when they can start showing the shows, the the, uh, uh, the movies that they've gotten from the universal part of this NBC deal. Uh, they can start showing those on the HD channel, which obviously they're trying to, mm, to they, push. Well, they they're content. trying to push movies onto the HD channel while keeping movies off the the standard free to wear channels. Mm. Uh, because I mean, it's been proven time and time again, movies just don't rate on free to wear anymore. But maybe if they are in HD, maybe they will a little bit more. Mm, maybe depends so, on the movie. So I think I think that part's that part's really interesting. As far as TV shows, yeah, who the hell knows? Mm. There's a couple of job openings over at uh, SBS. They and Freehand are on the hunt for a local team to present the uh, Bound to Fail local version of Top Gear. <laughs> Crap Gear. Oh, nice. Low Gear. Low gear. Reverse. <laughs> and it's reverse. Uh, Gearbox dropped out of the thing. Um, crapped out. If you're interested and you love high octane and can be knowledgeable, humorous, articulate and panish, passion, passionate when discussing... Can you, can you read this less like an ad? ...and assessing cars, uh, you might be interested in checking out the SBS website, which is at sbs.com.au slash topgear. Speaking of SBS, uh, something that we weren't going to cover in news, but uh, Stan Grant has... Moved on to, mm-hmm. to greener pastures, yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. for him. Uh, Sally from Home and Away... Pastures, but it wasn't actually announced where he was going. Sally mm. from Home and Away actually uh, actually said that that would happen about a year ago. Ah, did she? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, 
SBS have announced that Anton Enos is going to take over. He does the 9.30 report, uh, the 9.30 news, news report. I'm not a regular SBS watcher, and if I do watch SBS News, it is most likely the 9.30 one. Surely this is a, this is a win-win situation. I, I would prefer him to either of the previous people I had reading the I news. Think, I think really? To Costacutis? I think it's a half-hour format? Yep. I think Plus, I much prefer him. How often do we get to have a newsreader in this country who shares a name with a character from Dukes of Hazard? I've never met anyone else with the name Enos. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'm glad to see that there is one. And Fry's, Fry's grandfather was called Enos. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and maybe maybe he'll uh, he'll start answering to Boss Hogg, and we can oh, SBS News can oh, turn wait a minute, into. Wait a minute, you're forgetting the newsreader in uh, who does the 4:30 news on Channel Seven, Daisy Duke. Oh, right, my mistake. <laughs> so it's because I don't get home in time for. I, uh, I think yeah. it is. I think it is. Yeah, you're missing Daisy. That's that's a shame. <laughs> uh, I'll start that one again. Karl Stefanovic has said in a newspaper interview that he thinks today should move to Melbourne. He would like to see the Today Show move to Melbourne. He'd be happy to move his family to Melbourne if the Today Show would move to Melbourne. And that is because today rates better in Melbourne than it does anywhere else in the country. Even though it still lost to Sunrise, it came closest to Sunrise in Melbourne than, than it did anywhere else. Mm. And, uh, and he thinks it would be great if they set up a studio at, uh, at Square. Federation Square. He says that he thinks it will create a point of difference. <laughs> Why don't you just have a different type of show? No, no, no. That'll never work. Mm. Improving the show won't work. No. But moving the the exact same show to a different location, of course that will work. Mm. Of course. You know what you know what it'll actually mean is if they've got if they've got the same show in different cities, they'll be able to get the same guests on different days. Because oh, if international true. guests are, are touring and they're they're going through the country, it means that they're not ha- gonna have to go from one studio to another in the same day. Mm. They can do them on different days. That's the mm. only advantage I can see to this. <laughs> Speaking of cancellations, uh a couple of shows out of the US have possibly got the chop. Uh shows that we talked about during uh the fall segment in previous weeks. Big shots, which uh two of the three panelists thought was like a uh, Desperate Housewives for Men. Yes. And one, one of them thought it was a Sex in the City for Men. Yeah, that one and, was wrong. Uh, what? No, if you read the reports I'm not, I'm not today. saying he's wrong. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that that, that, was, that, was the, that was the opinion of the panel. And if you re- read the reports today, they are uh, mentioning Sex in the City and not Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, still, I don't think that's, uh, that means that you're right just because everybody else is wrong. Another one's been dumped twice, both locally and internationally. Uh, it's been pulled from the schedule in the, uh, in the U.S., in its journeyman, and also it's been pulled from the schedule here in Australia, and it's gone from regular Channel 10 to Channel 10 HD. So, yeah, it hasn't been pulled from the schedule but moved. Well, it's been pulled from pulled the from a standard <laughs> yes. definition, highest audience uh, portion of Channel 10, and obviously the HD channel is where they put all their crap. The HD channel, of course, started on yesterday, our yes. time, so Sunday the uh, 16th. Uh, interestingly, I, I was having a look at it today. It's, it's, it's a great watermark with a little bit of television attached. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was watching, uh, I 
think it was Amazing Planet, which looked fantastic and it was great in high definition and all that, but they've gone a little overboard with the watermark. It's the it's the usual ten in the circle, but then coming out of that, it's just this enormous kind of opaque HD. Mm-hmm. Just it's ridiculous. It's and the just completely a whole, oversized. Uh, Channel Ten have signed a sponsorship deal with Sony, so mm-hmm. whenever they're doing their ident and stuff, it's all branded Sony. Yeah. Yeah, so just, um, yeah, it's just ridiculously large, unfortunately. Right, that's a shame. Mm. Well, they know nobody's watching it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Ross uh, is watching it. <laughs> that's true. I watched... Only because we have to do that sort of stuff. I watched about two minutes of it today. <laughs> what a big watermark. That's something for box cutters. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a whole segment out of it? <laughs> Maybe not. Talking about... Uh, just switching it up to uh, one of Australia's favourite TV uh, things, Peter Cundall, who hosts uh, personalities gardening, gardening shows Australia. TV uh, I don't think he'd like to be called the thing. No, Peter Cundall. Who, He's more than just a hand that comes out of a box, Brad. After almost forty years on television. Gardening Australia host Peter Cundall will retire after next year's season of the show. He's been broadcasting on ABC television and radio on a weekly basis since 1969 uh, and the gardening show for 17 years. Um, after turning 80, he decided enough was enough. Yeah, and fair enough too. Hmm. I think so. I think enough is enough and that is the Box Cutters News. Good evening, viewers. This is Sandra Sultry. I've been playing with my box on the box cutters. As we mentioned before, quite a few nominations have come out this week, most notably the uh, Writers Guild Association and uh, and the Golden Globes as well. Uh, and there's a couple of things that I think are probably worth mentioning uh, from uh, from both lots of nominations. The Golden Globes are a bit of a joke. What do you mean? The Hollywood Foreign Press? Yeah, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Hollywood Foreign Press is a bit of a joke, yeah? Ho- Hollywood Foreign Press, that's, that's the most esteemed members of the press who are foreign in Hollywood. It, it's like a hundred people who get dazzled by stars easily. Yes, yes, yes it is. But it gets taken very seriously in the industry because it has huge marketing potential. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, there's a great, uh, there's a great documentary about what a sham it is that they show on SBS most years around the time of the Golden Globes. So uh, look, at, look out keep for an it. eye out for that. Uh, a couple of interesting things. Uh, firstly, with the oh, but I have to say, from a viewing point of view, they're great to watch because they do both television and films, which is fantastic. And there's less filler because they've got much many more awards to get through. Which so is great. it really is award speech, award speech, award speech. Go yeah. just like the AFIs. No, oh, wait, no, no not they really. pulled out all the TV awards. Yeah, mm. not all the TV awards. Brad. And did you notice with the ads for the AFIs, they had little snippets of of funny bits from previous years, but they'd clearly. Uh, put in canned laughter or something because I'd seen some of those AFI speeches and they weren't getting those sort of laughs in the audience so yeah anyway uh, a couple of interesting things best television drama series for the Golden Globes Uh, good to see Mad Men got nominated yes so so that's good Uh, and good to see Big Love get a bit of a run also The Tudors The Tudors which kind of came and went we didn't really cover it I think we should cover it next next week alright Next week's show, we'll give it a look. Excellent. All right. 
because uh, yeah, I hadn't even heard of it until until it got nominated. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, again, best performance by an actress, Mini Driver. Great to see Mini Driver get a nomination. As as much as it pains me, as much as it pains me, she's really good in that show. Yeah, I think she's excellent. Yep. Best television comedy series, extras. Yeah. Why? Best comedy television series. Yeah. Why? Why? What? Oh, sorry. You said extras, and I thought The Office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Extras. The Office is fine. Extras. That's no comedy. That's a half hour I, I, drama. I don't understand. No, but I don't understand why it keeps getting nominated. I mean, it's it's because people love Ricky Gervais's ass. That's right. They just but cannot get enough of him. I don't think that's enough he for could, a nomination. He's funny. He could really. I'm not saying he's not funny, but I'm just no, saying the show. So, so his show, because he's in it, is funny. And so really? it comes into a comedy category. He could wipe his ass. No, I'm, I'm put, not. Put it in front of a television camera. That's Josh's argument that it's not a comedy, that it's a drama. My argument is that it shouldn't be there under any category because it's crap. I like it. Really? Yeah. You like it? It's it's. As, would it be one of your five favorite comedy shows of the year? No. Oh, there you go. Well, actually, of the year. What are my well, choices? You know, any other comedy show? Any other? Spending <laughs> two and a half men. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay, so uh, it's sold. probably better than I've the got Big video, Bang Theory. I've got video of an arthroscopy that's better than Two and a Half Men. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role: Rose Byrne from Damages. What? That's ridiculous. That's she, she's the lead role. No, Glenn Close is the lead role. It's screen time. You know, you know the rule with supporting payment. You know the payment. Rule. Sure, sure. What's the rule? The rule is. That it's up to the production company to submit mm-hmm. the the role that they think that uh, or, or the award that they think this person in this role is best for. No, that they think they can get. Well, see, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And you can't put Rose Byrne up against Glenn Close for the same award. I I I completely agree. And I you understand, can't, and I and you can't agree. put Glenn Close, who is so, but I think who is ridiculous. so much at the forefront of that show as best supporting actress. But if you even if you look at the concept of the show, it's about Rose Byrne's character. Oh yeah, it's it's not even about Glenn Close's character. She's a supporting character in in the show. So that's that's just my opinion. Anyway, over to the uh, Writers Guild, who uh, who have much better nominations. And uh, for for one thing, they don't do any acting, which is uh, which is fantastic. Uh, dramatic series. Dexter, Friday Night Lights, Mad Men, Sopranos, and The Wire. It's because these are people who know what good writing is. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a very very strong and list how, of dramatic uh, series. How exciting to have Friday Night Lights in that lineup! Yeah, it is such a great show. Yep. I think everyone understands that it's a great show, and I wouldn't be surprised if it won. If only anybody watched or took notice of the Writers Guild. I know. Then, uh, then that'd be good. Comedy series, Flight of the Concords. Nominated mm, really best comedy series, fantastic, uh, really good. Uh, good, good, on, of, good on you, Aussies. Yeah. <laughs> Kiwis, <laughs> Kiwis. Uh, one of three nominations for Flight of the Concord, so that's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, the Writers Guild also do uh, best new series, which I think is uh, is an interesting category, and that's got damages. Flight of the Concords, Mad Men, Pushing Daisies, and uh, Sarah Silverman. Uh, which so I, that's interesting. Sarah Silverman. Yeah, 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 same. But it's it's interesting. What? You don't like it? No, no, no. I don't like the show. Mm. The Sarah Silverman show, okay. oh, great. Uh, it's, like, it, it's kind of like a double-paced um, uh, career enthusiasm, in that it's not funny. 
knowing that it's kind of that awkward kind of thing. But it does have a bit of pace. Whereas right. Kev just starts at a crawl and then grinds to a halt. <laughs> uh, animation, four for The Simpsons this year, up against two from King of the Hill, which uh, I think... I the King of the Hill is a damn good show, Ross. And mm. I don't know what it is you don't see in it. I just, mm. I really think when it comes to King of the Hill, you're too busy on your crack pipe to, to actually give it a good go. Mm. Anyway, uh, Comedy Variety Hour, Penn and Teller, bullshit. What? <laughs> what? It's, it's the only nomination where you get you have the same reaction to it as the name of the show. That's, it's really, it really is one of the absolute worst shows I've seen in the last five years. It, it does seem very strange. I didn't realise they were still pumping it out. Uh, and finally, uh, documentary current events, which isn't something I'd usually draw note to. But uh, there are six nominees for uh, documentary current events. Five of them are from the PBS show Frontline. Which is a, a, a great show that uh, the uh, SBS Weekly... Uh, they, they show intermittently yeah, sometime yeah. on their Tuesday night documentaries. And, uh, and the sixth one is not from Frontline, but he's also from a PBS uh, from a PBS show. So clearly, you know, 60 Minutes... Any any other current affairs show in the states not worth a damn unless it's on PBS. Mm. So, Although is that kind of full length documentary? Because sixty minutes is broken up into three different stories each week plus mailbag plus. I'm I'm not sure. It's uh, documentary editorial. slash current events. So I'm not sure if it's if it's feature length. Sixty minutes may not qualify. Okay, sixty minutes might be the best example. It is still amazing to get five. Five, think, sh- five out of the six from one show, and six out of the six from well, one from one network. I think. I think that I don't think that the commercial stations over there t- can can seriously program that sort of stuff. They they can't. They they don't have because they've got to keep advertisers happy. They've got to get the audience, and don't, it's, serious think, documentaries don't get the audience. What mm. yeah? What Brett's trying to say is, it's no one watches documentaries. No, people do, and and it's it's very worthwhile. Don't that try and tell him what he's trying to say. Uh, he knows what he's trying to say. He knows what he's trying to but say. But it's not lowest common denominator. He'll get there eventually. Mm. Well, Which two and a half men obviously is. <laughs> is that a documentary? No, no, no I have no idea. That's, that's the sort of maybe stuff that's that why James <laughs> likes it so much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Frontline's a great show. Anyway, and it's great to great to have that. Doing so well. A young boy's bravado in the face of an armed robber at his father's milk bar results in the father getting shot. To make the world a better place, he joins the police force. Only one thing sets him apart in a world where the lines of good and bad are blurred. His religion. That's our introduction to to the world of East West 101. It's the gritty new drama on SBS by some some of the people who brought us Wild Side and White Collar Blue, which uh, was short-lived on uh, Channel 10. Wild Side, great show. Excellent show. Loved it. Big fan. White White Collar Blue, Blue. Blue. not so much. And this is kind of a mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it has the Wild Collar. Wild Collar. It has that it has that look to it that that kind of dirty life is hard there is no escape look that Wildside had and white collar blue kind of had but it still had a little bit of that Channel Ten stink on it which was uh, which is always going to be a, a problem. It stars Don Hanny as Zayn Malik who is a Muslim policeman in Sydney's western suburbs 
and uh, he tries very hard to act as a law enforcer while also trying to act as kind of a, a an understanding protector to a community who, who sees the police as the community this is sees the police as nothing but a racist body of oppression that's the way they're portrayed in, in this show and it's the sort of conflict that I think Hector Crawford would have been very proud of Ross I'm sure you remember uh, back back in uh, screenwriting course when we mm-hmm. kept being told Hector Crawford used to say I think it was Patrick Edgeworth he used mm, to always I'm sure quote, it was Patrick uh, Hector Crawford conflict 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 and that's what that's what we get in East East West 101 and I have to say it is getting acclaim all over the place no one said a bad thing mm-hmm. about East West 101. Letters to the Green Guide. All oh, how fantastic East West 101. Have you guys seen it? I saw uh, I saw about half of the second episode. I th- only two have gone to S. So only far. two have gone to S. Yeah, I thought it was the first episode, but uh, judging from the letters in the Green Guide, it wasn't. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I saw about half of the second episode. I haven't had a look yet. It's uh, it's recorded. Uh, right. Waiting for me. Yep. I have to say that nowhere in this acclaim. Am I seeing any accusations of subtlety in East West 101? And, uh, and and that's probably because there, there isn't any subtlety in it. I mean, the, it, it looks really nice. It's really well shot. Mm-hmm. And the acting's pretty okay. Like, not not bad acting. Not award-winning acting, I don't think, but, uh, but not bad acting. That's obviously a generalisation, but on average... Uh, in trying to expose racism and unfairness in Australian society, it really hits us over the head with so many blunt statements. And uh, it's lost my train of thought. Alex Paps walked by. Sorry. <laughs> that happens. Sorry. That, that happens. happens. Happens to the best of us. Uh, so, yeah, it, it really just hits us over the head with these with these blunt statements and, uh, and it goes, oh, there's racism. Oh, there's... Everyone's a person too. Don't forget that. Doesn't matter what minority people are in. You should treat them with respect. And uh, don't forget that. That's that's the kind of so attitude. It's really I get just from like a grown-up kick. Yeah, well, but without the without the comedy, obviously, kick had uh, kick had attempts at comedy. It, it mm. was light-hearted. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's why I say grown-up. Yeah. Well, seriousness doesn't mean okay. Growing up doesn't mean seriousness, but but it is you know it, it is aimed at, at an older audience, a, a more mature audience. It is a very serious show. At one point, there is this quote: "You're either a Muslim or a cop." So says policeman Ray Crowley, played by the man I like to call Captain Cardboard, William McInnes. You really don't like him, do I you? I really don't like him. You see, I, w- I was a little bit tepid on uh, getting into it, and then in the second episode, I saw like ten seconds of it, and I saw him there, and I thought, "Yeah, that that'd probably be worth a watch." Really? I see people people really like William McInnes. I, I, I think I think he's pretty good from what I've seen in this. I cannot stand it. Su- Susie Port is also in it, and Aaron Pedersen makes a guest appearance in the second episode. So it's really, mm. it's really that kind of let's throw recognisable Australian actors at the screen and hope that it brings an audience to SBS, which is in some ways fair enough. Uh, in other ways, there are lots of Australian actors out there who uh, who could really use the work. Uh, I think it's a shame that we see the same ones over and over again. And in fact, it, it wouldn't be as bad a show, 
I think, and obviously this is where my bias comes in. If someone other than McInnes was in the police the police side antagonist role, because that's the role that he plays. He is he is the cop who is antagonistic towards uh, Don Hanny. Zayn Malik is, is the character's name, uh, our hero. And the problem I have is that McInnes is so incapable of expressing emotion on screen. I Really, I just, I find it hard to tell if he's serious, if he's having a joke, if he's angry, if he's sad, if he's confused. There's a, a point in the in the second episode where uh, he's reliving the, the death of his son to a heroin overdose. And I don't know, I'm guessing the script's calling for distraught or overwrought or some some kind of ought ending emotion mm-hmm. and he just looks constipated it, it it's just, hard for, for australian males to express emotion that's probably very true to life it's hard for william mcginnis to express emotion australian males i've never seen him succeed never they're having a, a hard enough time though getting anybody to watch this surely getting william mcginnis draws a few more people in oh i'm sure Mm. I'm sure it does because people like him. I still I don't know why, but people mm. do like him. Mm. But uh, from that point of view, you can see why why he would have been cast. Oh, I know if nothing else. I know exactly mm. that that is why he's been cast. Mm. I think it's to the detriment of the show. So though. who would you put in? Mm. Tony Martin. Oh, uh, serious I, Tony Martin, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'd put Tony Martin in because of the the similarities to to Wildside. He's think very it, typecast as that asshole cop character, but. Uh, but but I think that you know I can't think of. But, any- but but earlier you were saying it would be better to have a handful of unknown people in those roles, or or at least at least some more unknown people. I don't think mm. Susie Porter's really pulling her her weight. But again, she's a name; people are going to be drawn to it. But it's it's very similar, isn't it, to what they've done with City Homicide? Yes, yes, and that's and, and that's working for Channel Seven. And I, I would suggest if this show was on Channel Seven, it would probably be rating about the same as as City Homicide. But where's the? I mean, we're, this is where where the problem comes in. You know, you're talking about uh, television. I like to think of television as an art form, mm-hmm. but it's a commercial art form. Mm-hmm. At what point do you uh, do you capitulate and go? Okay, well, we'll make we'll make this choice based on commercialism versus mm. the choice that we could make based on producing better art. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying that about William McGuinness. Yeah. Where I would love to hear the thoughts of the Box Cutters family on this because I think I, 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 it sounds like you've got a problem with William McGuinness. I, d- I do have a problem with William McGuinness. You know, see, see cause from the half episode I saw, and I'm, I'm not going from both episodes, but from the half episodes I saw, I thought he was good. But, you know, I've seen William McGuinness be not bad. Mm-hmm. I said in My Brother Jack. Mm-hmm. I thought he was not bad, mm-hmm. but most of the time I just find him excruciating, mm-hmm. and uh, and and this is this is a, another one of those times. So, but yes, I, I would love to to hear from the Boxcutters uh, audience. Hooray at boxcutters dot net if you mm-hmm. want to send us a, an email, I, I'll just, or on the blog if you just want to tell us what you think of William McGuinness. There's there's this thing that happens in uh, in television shows when trying to simplify because I do have more problems with East West One Hundred One. Mm-hmm. I have to say, second episode was a lot better than the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trying to simplify a situation for the medium where, while attempting to subvert a stereotype, mm-hmm. all Muslims are terrorists, for example, the production ends up showing the exact opposite of that stereotype. Uh, all Muslims are just family people and don't want anything to do with uh, with with uh, con- 
distressing society at all. Mm. They're, not, they're not religious extremists. Or, right. or just no Muslims are terrorists. No Muslims are terrorists. You know, that, that kind of thing. And, and that, thing, that kind of thing is just as damaging to a show, I think. And it, it is very hard to walk that line of subtlety that is needed to, to produce the thing that we see as quality in a show like, say, Sopranos or uh, in, in a show like Deadwood where the lines really are truly blurry. Here it seems very clear-cut. We've got our hero. We've got the villains. Uh, and uh, and there is no blurring of those lines ever at any time. I think uh, East West 101 wanted to produce a, a hard-hitting and truthful program without having to delve into the intricacies of that truth. Uh, there, I've said it. I've said it. That's my statement. Bang, gavel's down. Mm. I don't think it works. And uh, so, 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 what you're saying is, we want to do this. The, the, what the writers and creators have done is, they've said we want to attack these issues, but we want only want to look like we're attacking them and give them lip service. We don't really want to get into them. That's what it seems like to me. Really? That is that is really what it seems like to me. Mm. Or no, no, not even that they want to pay them lip service, but that they haven't had the the time, money, or ability to to really go through it properly. Give the give the scripts another three drafts mm-hmm. to to really improve it to mm-hmm. to that level. But but going back to say your point about saying all Muslims are terrorists versus all Muslims are not terrorists. Yes, it's very hard. I mean, how 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 do you show if if you want to show that all Muslims are not terrorists? You're not you're not saying well maybe a few of them are. How how do you show that? Like you're saying oh they're just in family settings. What's wrong with portraying Muslims like that? Oh, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. So, so how have they made a mistake there? They've uh, they've made a mistake by simplifying the issues too much. Mm. The the issue there being that uh, all white people are saying, "Well, all Muslims are terrorists." Mm-hmm. In the show, this is the way it it worked out in, in the first episode. Yep. All the white people were saying, "Well, all Muslims are terrorists." We've got, mm-hmm. you've got William McGinnis saying, "You're either a Muslim or a cop. You can't mm-hmm. be both." Uh, and then you've got all the Muslims saying, well, no, we're, we're peace-loving people. Mm. There's no... Uh, and there's no there's no crossing over. There's no white person going, yeah, I get along well with, with Muslims. There, there are mm. no Muslims saying, well, why don't we live together rather than segregating ourselves? Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's none of that... Uh, none of those shades mm. that we do actually see in society. Okay. I, I just... I just I, I I've only seen half an episode, so I can't make a, an informed call yet. I'm I'm well behind Brett's. You have to watch three episode rule. Uh, but I mean, compare it to something like Night Boat, which was just awful. You mean and which, Navy Navy Sea Boat, which was just oh, cardboard cutouts, which was just cardboard cutouts. I mean, this is a million times better. It, it really is, and, and I think this deserves to find an audience. It it does. It does deserve to find an audience. It just it left me wanting. I'm not saying it's the worst show on, on television because that really was left up to, to Navy Seaboat. But I enjoyed the, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll keep watching. The uh, but the the thing is, I can see what it's trying to do, and it's and it's not achieving it, because that. Because it did kind of say it sounded like you were saying it was the worst show. 
Yeah, I know. Did you think you were yeah. saying that? Yeah. And that and that happens to me when when I think mm. when I think something should be a lot better than it actually is. Uh, when I see that, so it's, you're disappointed in it. I'm disappointed in it. Mm. Whereas if it was maybe sea boat, night boat, you'd just go, no, oh, who cares? Yeah. Mm. Whereas whereas here, I actually care about the outcome because mm. it's mm. it's Australians trying to do something, trying trying to tell stories well mm. and. Uh, and, and be committed to to the storytelling element, but then just wussing out a little bit at the end, mm. and I, and that irks me a lot more than just producing a crap show that was yep. a money shot. Let's put uh, Lisa McCune in in a uniform, in and, uniform and let her go. And we're done. So, but at so, least but they th- tried. Thank you for thank you mm. for putting that into into mm. perspective, though, Russ. Because yes, I do get overworked and go. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate mm. it. But I hate it because it could be so much more. Mm. Hi, this is Jess McGuire from Defamer Australia and other malarkey. And you're listening to my favourite podcast, Box Cutters. She, uh, she does that very well. I know. Mm. She does. I forgot to mention East West 101 is on at uh, on Thursday nights at 9.30, 8 uh, 9 o'clock. I have got it on series record on the, uh, on, on the Foxtel. So, yes. Um, but yes, and Thursday if, nights uh, on SBS. If two people watch it, they'll triple the audience. Yeah. Mm, so... Uh, Good luck to that. Uh, Five Days is a mini-series that was produced, uh, was shown on the BBC. I think it was an HBO co-production, but I'm not sure HBO have shown it yet. Uh, it's about a missing persons investigation. Uh, and this is a sprawling, multi-character drama that, uh, that talks about what happens when a person goes missing. And uh, it's kind of like dropping a stone in, in clear water. You see all the ripples and the repercussions of it happening going out at the various levels. I mean, we start close with the family and the friends uh, and then we see the police at uh, at all the various levels from, you know, the inspecting uh, detectives right down to the media liaison officer and then to a lesser extent we see how the press react and the public. Uh, this is a great show. It's a really, really good show. Because it sounds so far like, like I've seen it, and it stars Australia's own Anthony Lapaglia. No, 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 completely not. This is this is about one crime. Right. And it's a five-episode, five-hour miniseries. Right. And so, and so it really... So So it's not just a, a week-to-week serial where they, they're following a different missing person each week. And is it a mystery? Do we know what's... Do, you, do we know nope. what's happened to the person? No, nope, it's a mystery, but it's the the mystery is less important than talking about the mystery, if that makes sense. So the, it's, 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 about, it's about this missing person and what happens to her and the family more so than it is a question of what happened to her, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, so the five days, which is named after, uh, refers to five days within the investigation that are uh, chronological but not sequential days. So the first hour is day one, obviously, and then the second hour is day three, and the third hour is uh, day twenty-eight, so it skips around all over the place, uh, and it's really uh, it's really an interesting idea. You've got the the family and the the suspicions that are placed on them. Uh, you've got the needs of the press to keep the story alive, and you've got the you know how tragedy just kind of uh, uh, exacerbates the fault lines within the uh, within the family units. Anyway, uh, we, we were talking a bit earlier in the year about fam- about British drama. And just saying, you know, the three of us tend not to watch that much British drama. Yep. Uh, I think I think this is the this is a sort of British uh, drama that the British do really really well. 
Uh, it's, it's riveting and, uh, and it's very, very moving. Uh, the only problem I would have with it is that the ending is perhaps a little unsatisfying and that goes back to that question of what it's about. You know, when the mystery gets solved, it, it is a bit of a letdown what actually happened and um, it doesn't really make all that much sense. But the show before that uh, is, is fantastic and uh, it's very interesting uh, to watch it, especially in light of the uh, Madeleine McCann abduction, which happened in Portugal uh, after this has gone to air and the similarities with that. Uh, yeah, I think it's very engaging and it's well worth a watch if anybody gets the chance to see it. So it's, uh, it's available on Channel BitTorrent? Oh. Uh, I'm not sure. I couldn't find it. I have to. Uh, I have to thank Rob Boxcutter who uh, who sent me through a copy. And I have to say, Rob, all the episodes played fine, including episode three. So uh, thank you very much for so, sending that through. So, and you say what? It's it's four and a half hours of of good entertainment. That last half hour. Oh no! I'd say it's definitely five hours of good right. entertainment. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 conclusion is perhaps a little. Yeah, but don't let that put you off. No. Right. No. But, yeah, very interesting show. But just brace for it all the way through the the (laughs) remainder of the five hours. Okay, question three. Which canal... Are all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of... I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Congratulations to David Shee, who won this week's... Box cutters quiz. The answer of which was uh, well, the question was which country did Coiletta come from, supposedly, and which is a Bender's female alter ego who uh, went into the Olympics. Yes, and the answer was Rabonia. Rabonia, which uh, the national anthem went, "All hail Rabonia," a country I didn't make up. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> congratulations to David, who actually sent in the full lyrics. Yes, which uh, well, at least the full lyrics of that line which, uh, yes, he's to be commended for. And uh, he will be getting a crumpler thing, possibly a, a winkle. Is there such a thing as a winkle? Just a wink. Just a wink? Yep. That's from the video podcast. There is no video podcast. <laughs> there is no video podcast. Sure, let's say a winkle. Remind me of that later on. Uh, no quiz this week. Oh. Yeah, sorry. No quiz this week. So congratulations, David, and... Uh, We'll have, uh, I think, last... But Brett had a question already. <laughs> did did ask, you? Ask us your question anyway for, you? for the trivia bus. Oh, no, 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 no. Save your question because next week... Okay. Next week, <laughs> no, no, don't last save it. quiz of the year. Don't save it, next Brett. Give, give us a clue about what the question's about. I'm saving it. It's about TV. I'm saving it. <laughs> oh, about TV. It's about TV. Can you be a little more specific? <laughs> see, sorry, Ross, I didn't see what you were doing there. Yeah, give us I'd, a program. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, now I want to know. I don't want to give it away. Hey, when I... Cast my pod. It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. So really, what what is? It? Uh, yes, next week uh, we will be having our last quiz of the year. Oh, that's that's, that's important to note. Mm. Last quiz of the year. So there won't be any in the ordered items list episode. No. We'll just go through what we thought were the best and worst quiz questions. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's, we'll, do, we'll do that in a special edition beta. That will be about uh, our 
hour four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Strap yourselves in for, for that one. That's, uh, that's coming up. And the 1972 feature film version of H.R. Puffin Stuff is going to be screening on the ABC on Saturday, the 5th of January at 2 p.m. I've already got it in my diary. Fan of that? Already got it in my diary, Brett. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. When's it going to screen? On the 5th of January at 2 p.m. on the ABC. Saturday afternoon. Mm. It's very, very exciting. I'm, uh, I'm getting myself some popcorn. Yeah, it's not. It's, come on, it's not like it's the Wombles. It's, it's what, better than the Wombles. It's, what are you t- <laughs> The Wombles would be much better to see than H and R puffin stuff. Come on, H R puffin stuff. <laughs> you've just shown yourself. You've just shown no, I was yourself. Showing myself. You're, by you're saying, thinking of the version that's all about the accountants. I think I doing <laughs> the tax returns. I think I showed myself by saying that the Wombles would be much better, and I stand by that. Really? Yeah. Do you like the 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 Wombles movie where it had people in Wombles costumes, or do you prefer the uh, the the animated? Models. All, all I really remember is the theme song. Oh, see, <laughs> see, who, who can you turn to when things get rough, Ross? <laughs> hey, uh, the Channel Ten HD. Have you seen it? The watermark's huge. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Channel Ten are screening Outrageous Fortune, not on the HD channel, on the regular channel, and due to one of those uh, fantastic quirks we sometimes get on Australian television. Channel 9 is also screening their old episodes of Outrageous yeah. and, and This, is, this is a series from New Zealand this that is, Channel 9 at one point were counting as local content. Yes, this yes. Was, a year ago this is what, this this was is, what caused this is what all the, the argument. Interesting to note, the, they said they weren't using it for local content, got told they couldn't use for local content, and then suddenly Stopped it disappeared it. from the schedule, yes. surprisingly enough. Although it did screen over summer last year and it is screening over summer again this year. Do we really need it on two channels at the one time? I mean, considering that it's not very good, no, no, no non, non, like different series, obviously. So, yeah, it's just. But ridiculous. the the other thing is, I mean, we, in this country, don't we have a, a real stigma attached to to watching New Zealand television shows? I mean, it's it's pretty hard for us to to swallow. We're, mm. we're bad enough watching our own. Yeah. Our own shows. Yeah, exactly. Why would we want to watch New Zealand Bogans like Grand oh, Family stuff? That's exactly it. You know, that's But it does have Grant Bowler in it, who uh who who is a good Australian actor who also hosted the first couple of series of the Australian version of the Mole. Yes. And apparently is turning up in Lost. Oh really? Next year. And don't forget, it was in short lived Medivac. Yes, that's true. That's true. He was, uh, we, we ended up calling it Baldy Vac. Yeah. That reminds me, Georgie Parker's uh, signed up for hosting some, some... animal hospital... Yeah. Animal husbandry kind of... Stay show. away from that. She, does, she won't have a script. She'll be horrible. She'll have a script. <laughs> she will, she will have a script. She won't have a script. We've talked about this. Whenever she's in a situation where she's doing TV without a script, like the glass No, house, no, I know that. She's just embarrassing. Why would you and think she, she wouldn't have a script? People write that, you know, Brent. This is what the actors are striking about in the US. And you're... The actors aren't striking. Oh, no. The writers. The writers. This is what the writers are the striking actors, about. The actors are about to strike. Apparently, mm. Channel 10 has more reality stuff in the pipeline to uh, make up the shortfall oh, of content. Oh, fantastic. What, like yeah, Battle of the Choirs or whatever you mentioned last week? God. Jo- Georgie Parker and Animal Husbandry. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode... One hundred and fifteen. Tune in next week for our very special Christmas Eve episode. Yeah, that's, that's mm. going to be exciting. I want to say thanks very much to Crumpler 
our giveaway sponsors. They give us stuff to give away to you. And also thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. Oh, 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 thanks to our special guest. Oh, no, wait, I'm getting confused. Getting confused. (laughs) Each and every week. You can email us, hooray, at boxcutters.net or check us out have a special guest. on the blog no, I, at I boxcutters.net. Oh, you know what it was? It was when Alex Paps walked past the window. And you thought... And I thought... Yes. I, I just imagined yeah, that he'd no, come in for a lengthy interview in the studio. That's Yeah. Quick, grab him. <laughs> Too late. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, I thanked everyone. Hooray, boxcutters.net. Boxcutters.net is where you can find the blog. You can post there. You can comment there. You can let us know what you think. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. I thought you got rid of that last yeah. week. You were saying you got rid of that. Yeah. That pause was me debating whether or not I was going to say it. <laughs> decide, to, decide not to. Catch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I continue to be Brett Cropley. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. What was the one I was meant to say? Uh, it's, we heart, we heart, we heart oh, box cutters. We heart box cutters. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work.